to At Least There's a Dog, a Star Trek Enterprise review podcast in which we will boldly go episode by episode through the Star Trek series that, whatever its flaws, undeniably has the most dog. We are your hosts, Mandy and Josh, and on tonight's show, we will be discussing episode 15, Shuttlepod 1. So after we watched this, uh, Mandy asked, or stated rather, that was an episode. And I question that. <laughs> it was an episode. Was it though? It was 45 minutes of television stitched into one entity oh. that we watched. Wow. That was a thing. Sure was. It was not good. <laughs> I thought it was fun. I'm glad I, didn't think it was, I didn't think it was good, but I thought it was fun. No, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Like, I'm not sure it was fun in the ways that they intended for it to be. Okay, yeah. But no, it was I think fun. you're right. All right. <laughs> so that was... I, I, so there's the term bottle episode, uh-huh. which refers to an episode that, that has yeah, minimal I'm gonna, cost. I'm going to use it in my summary later. This was the bottliest bottle episode. Like, this is an episode... Was it? That is like a bottle inside of a bottle. it wasn't a clip show. <sighs> okay, it wasn't a clip show. Though if they were doing it, clip shows this early in the show, I'd be really worried. Well, I mean, TNG was not that far away from that. They did one at the end of the second season. There were like 50 episodes between the start of the show and the clip <laughs> show. Okay. We've only been through 15. Yeah, but that was... Uh, oof. But yeah. This... It probably didn't cost a lot. No, no. Uh, this episode, you may or may not have noticed... Had exactly zero guest stars. I did notice. I commented on it when also, the credits started rolling. Also had zero stunt doubles. Yes. This this episode had not even the entire main cast in it. That is very true. Hey, you want to take a guess at what member of the main cast doesn't show up? I mean, I know the answer. Are you, are you it's asking? It's the one who's a prop. Are you asking? I was asking the people out there in listener land. Like, can they answer? I'm just assuming that in chorus, as they listen to that, all of them will shout Mayweather to the heavens, and it will be a beautiful moment that brings all our listeners together. Sure, sure. We'll go because, with that. yeah, Mayweather's not in it. Nope. At least he's not a prop. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be nice. I know. Uh, shall I tell the fine people what the episode was about? If you wanna. All right, so this was Shuttlepod 1. As we said, it's time for Enterprise's first bottle episode, a character study of Commander Trip Tucker and Lieutenant Malcolm Reed, in which we learn that Trip becomes a raging psychopath at the flip of a switch, and Malcolm is a 15-year-old girl. It all begins when our two heroes, fapping about in the titular shuttle pod and delivering their lines in their best Marlon Brando marble mouth impression, discover some debris from the NX-01 on an asteroid and assume it has blown up and they are the only survivors. But of course, as we know, it has not blown up because this is season one. So we have dramatic irony of the episode instead. Connor Trenier and Dominic Keating overact their any hungry little hearts out as Tucker and Reed watch the oxygen dial tick ever downward and live the hard life, swigging high quality bourbon and eating Chilean sea bass. <laughs> as they struggle to tolerate each other, the viewers struggle to tolerate both of them. Will they find a way to survive? Will the very not-blown-up Enterprise find them in time? Have you noticed Subcommander Paul's bum? <laughs> the star of the show, Porthos, doesn't get paid enough for this. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, he's also not in the episode. Shocking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was... <laughs> I mean, I had a, I got a good laugh. I got several good laughs out of this. No, there were definitely some funny, funny bits, but there were... There were some funny bits, and there were a lot of unintentionally funny bits. Yeah. Maybe intentionally funny, but not funny in the way that they intended them to be. That, yes. Yeah. Oh, boy. More funny because, like, ugh. I'm gonna. I'm really gonna try not to be too hard on these guys because God bless them, they're trying. But when I said that uh, Connor Trenier and Dominic Keating were overacting their little hearts out, oh my goodness! Based on the performances they were putting in, you would have thought if we'd turned the sound off that some kind of space opera Shakespearean tragedy was going on in the background. <laughs> so instead of a bottle episode. So this episode is actually extremely dangerous and very difficult for us. Because as you know, we have the, you know, the uh, big clock that we have in front of us at all times, which is the number of episodes since one of us has mixed up Trip Tucker and Malcolm Reed. <laughs> it's true, this one's really dangerous. And I don't know if we're going to get through here. We're going to try. Triggering. We're going to try. Oh, no. Uh, I will say they kept them pretty distinct in this episode. They were actually pretty distinct. That Maybe this took... episode was all about just making them more distinct. Well, it succeeded. That was not in my pluses for when we get to that, but it should have been, is that they were, in fact, two very distinct characters. I'm not sure they were the same characters we've been getting to know no, over the past I don't 14 think they episodes. Were. <laughs> but they were distinct characters. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. G- gonna say something nice. Okay, okay. Um... Yeah, who were these people that we watched this episode they about? They were like, like if someone just had like a summary of these characters and decided to to write their own story without knowing the characters at all, this is what you get. Yeah, maybe? so I'm realizing. But like, like they're just given like the the requirements. It has to be about Trip Tucker and Malcolm Reed, and it has to be done on a budget of fourteen dollars and twenty five cents, <laughs> including meals. Yeah, yeah, which is why those meals were definitely, like, airplane meals. And uh, the bottle of bourbon was probably just, like, you know, corn syrup water. Yeah. I think that, that, that about eats the budget. Or uh, everclear oh, food coloring in it. Also, we have puppy waffles in the background. Mm-hmm. Our dog is dreaming. She's dreaming of better episodes. She's dreaming about bums. Is she? She might be. Yeah, but she wants to sniff reasons. them. Yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, no, it was a very cheap episode. And like, those of you who are listening with us and have seen the show before, I'm realizing several episodes ago when I praised the consistent character development of one Lieutenant Malcolm Reed, were probably laughing at me because you knew how <laughs> short-lived that was going to be. Just, I swear he's changed in every one of the last three episodes where he's been either a major or a minor focus. Because now he's apparently some kind of secret hopeless romantic who fancies himself the galaxy's biggest stud. Yeah, except... Or maybe not. <laughs> like, like, he's the galaxy's biggest stud, but it never works out because I can't get close to them. Yeah, he's, like, slept with everyone around Starfleet Academy. Or, around, I guess, San Francisco, Starfleet yeah. Headquarters. Um, I don't even know if the Academy's been founded at this point. But... Uh, he doesn't actually get any relationships. And it's not like a Kirk sort of not getting into any relationships because he's too busy being superhero captain, but more like 
he can't get close to them. He, and that, it that's is his all exact full line. of tragedy. Yep. It is full of deep and earnest, extremely earnest tragedy. Yeah, I don't know. Oh boy. And then as for Tucker, like, did he just... Did he have a character in this episode? Did he just, like, take a bunch of meanie pills before this episode? He was just cranky. Because, yeah, he... So, he started... So, you, you could kind of tell from early on that what they were going for was that they were going to put these two people in this enclosed space, and it was going to be kind of like, uh, oh, they're trapped together. Who kills the other one first kind of thing. Um, the closest pop cultural comparison that I can think of right now is the No, lighthouse. no. <laughs> Why are you saying No. Because I I see that glint in your eye. You haven't even seen The Lighthouse. <laughs> no, but I've heard things. Well, if you've seen The it Lighthouse... It has more than bums. If you've seen The Lighthouse, you understand what I'm talking about. But, you know, this is a, this is a fairly common storytelling structure of isolate some people together and see what happens and uh, what they bring out in each other. And, you know, they, they were supposed to grow slowly less tolerant of each other over time. But Tripp's cranky pants meter starts out at 11 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Just in the very first scene, he's twitching and screaming and twitching some more. And it reminded me of that episode where he went on the bad trip on the planet that was full of like hallucinogenic flowers. Oh my goodness, that's right. Yeah. And it was like, geez, dude, are we going to have to watch 30 minutes of this? Yeah, that was... That was what he was channeling. And fortunately, we didn't have to watch 30 minutes of just that, but we had to watch 30 minutes of an awful lot of other nonsense. Yeah, we did. Now, funnily enough, uh, you were reading on Memory Alpha after this that uh, this is apparently a beloved episode among the Enterprise cast I, and crew. That's... Every episode says that on Memory Alpha. No, not everyone does. Nobody except Robert Duncan McNeil likes Threshold. <laughs> No, I I get it. I get it. This seems like it would have been a really fun episode to film. I mean, like, the whole, like, oh, I'm so cold. Look at me. I'm doing shivering cold. This is acting or something, right? Look at me. I'm having a seizure, basically. Yeah, I don't know. There was a lot of really, really uh, pronounced shivering going on there. Um. It was like they were doing the thing where when something crashes into the ship, you have to shake. Yeah, except... Except they were doing it constantly. Yep. I wanted one of them to shoot the other just so they'd stop moving. No, that's the thing. Like, like when the the micro-singularity, we'll talk about that, went through their ship and... You'll talk about that. And they went from having nine days of oxygen to two days of oxygen... My first thought, and I'm being honest here, was, good, it'll be over sooner. Wow. Yeah. That's mean. A little bit, yeah. But yes, like when the phaser came out, I was like, oh, please, like not only will being unconscious cause you to use less oxygen, but it'll make you guys stop doing this. It will make you stop sitting there shaking. And like also acting. Yes, stop whatever you're doing. Yeah, so... Like, I was getting worried about those two. Sitting there, like, one of you is gonna grind down a tooth or bust a blood (laughs) vessel in your forehead or something's gonna Uh, happen. Lordy. Yeah. 
Do you want to? Do we want to go through the positives and say nice things about the episode? Uh, I guess it's time for pluses and minuses. That sounds good to me. I've got a few. I got All right. a couple. All right. All right. Um, okay. Uh, can't even read my own handwriting here. There oh. we go. Okay, you can start. Okay. Why am I starting? I don't have much. Um, the honestly, like, I think they did a pretty great job filming inside of the shuttle pod. It does not look like it's a very big set. Um, but they managed to film it at every single angle. And, you know, that probably was not easy. Getting cameras this way and that way, and well done. Okay, that's true. The camera work inside the shuttle was fine. I have another comment about the construction of the episode that is in my minuses, but we'll get to that once we're done with the nice things. Sure. Um, at the very beginning of the episode... Um, Tucker and Reed's mutual ragging at each other started off charming. Like, before they decided that there was some kind of disaster, they were they were ragging on each other and it was cute. There was a line that I wrote down um, that Reed said, which was, if Dr. Cochran had been European, the Vulcans would have been far less reticent to help us. Mm-hmm. No, that was great. That was actually my other plus. Oh, did I take it? Okay. <laughs> you just <did> it. <laughs> Oops. Well, do you have anything to add about that? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, was, it was fine. It was fine. Um, they should have gone on a little longer with that. Okay, well, I've got a couple of others. Take it away. Okay. Ruby. Uh, I am surprised that that's in my plus column. Because it shouldn't be. No. No, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be. But I thought that was one of the most charming things that they pulled off. Where... And I cannot believe that that is the case. Because it's a story where Trip and Malcolm discover that they both had passionate one-night stands with the same waitress in San Francisco. And apparently they were both planning to, like, sweep her off her feet and marry her. And it should just no, be... No, no, no. That was what... Uh, no, Trip was planning to... Had right, a one-night what... stand with her and planned to, to sweep her off her feet and marry her. Uh, yes, I got it right. And Malcolm... Yes, he did. Was, ...had uh, apparently slept with her a whole bunch of times, but had no indication of uh, marriage plans. Okay, yeah, that's true. Um, and it shouldn't have been charming at all, and somehow it was. And so I give them some credit for doing something right there. Now, the hilarious thing is that that is a direct reverse of the characterization that both of them had been given for the remainder of this episode. But, eh. We'll take, we'll take a we'll good take step where we, we can, can get, get it. Yeah. Um, and my final plus is that at the end of the episode, I had never been happier to see Scott Bakula on screen. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's just like, oh good, everything's back to normal. Okay. Scott Bakula's here with his John Wayne face. Okay. And it's almost over. <laughs> yep. And that's all I got. All right. So actually, I've got a, a neutral point okay. here. Okay. Actually, no, I, I do have another thing that I listed as a plus, but I don't know if I should have listed it as a plus. Well, tell us what it is. You noticed her bum? <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing like the Ruby story that probably shouldn't be in no. this column, but it's going to be anyway. Yes, because Malcolm Reed decides He's really into T'Pol's Vulcan bum and says the word bum over and over. Bum. Yeah. It's like Yoshi. Bum. Yeah, like the sound Yoshi makes when 
You know, well, let's not get into to, to Yoshi when biology. Of, when thinking about Subcommander to Paul's bum. Oh no. Yeah, it was, uh, that was a thing. Um, so a, a neutral topic. Um, this is more in the educational also, part of it. Before Ooh. you get onto that, remember last episode when I said that I was annoyed at how T'Pol was just becoming the local sex object? Um, no, but it's a thing. Uh huh. Maybe I should listen to our podcast more. Continue. <laughs> um, here's the educational portion of our podcast oh. micro singularities. Okay. So these are tiny black holes. Never been observed. Theoretically, you know, we think they probably existed at some point or something like that. Back in 2001, around when this episode was probably being written, there was a lot of uh, controversy um, about micro black holes because a bunch of people who didn't really know what they were talking about um, thought that the Large Hadron Collider, which was being built at the time, would produce micro black holes, which would then swallow the Earth and kill us all. I remember hearing about this much later than 2001. Well, mm, that's, uh, that's around the time, you know, give or take a little bit. No, I'm not saying the micro black hole conspiracy theory stopped. Oh, fair enough. Well, we've, we've yet to have any, and if anyone is listening and curious, uh, anything that we build in a particle accelerator on the Earth is going way, way, way slower than the stuff that comes from outer space and hits our atmosphere. So really, we would be dead already if the LH2 were able to make micro black holes that would kill us. I'm going to suspect that not too many of our listeners are too concerned about micro black holes in the Large Hadron Collider, but you never know. You never know. you got to be prepared. I suppose that's true. <sighs> so that, that's my little thing. Um, in general, a micro black hole should evaporate uh, through Hawking radiation. Uh, depending on its size, it would evaporate in a different amount of time. The sorts that you'd expect to get out of like a couple particles or atoms worth of collision, they evaporate almost instantaneously. Well, according to Archer, micro black holes are a Vulcan myth. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. <laughs> I thought to, that line was kind of weird too. Paul is like, yeah, and it came up over and over, and Paul's like into it, and Archer's like, come on, we gotta rescue our crew and not worry about the Nobel Prize. And Paul's like, I wasn't suggesting we shouldn't rescue the crew, but Nobel Prizes are cool. <laughs> that is exactly the attitude you would have taken had you been on the ship. Maybe. Yes. But yeah, that line struck me as kind of weird because I don't know nearly as much about this stuff as you do, but I had read about theoretical micro-black holes, and so calling them a Vulcan myth sounded like very strange wording to me. But this episode was written by Berman and Braga, so strange wording is something was to be taken for granted it was. This was a Berman and Braga episode. Oh, okay. Um, another thing that is not a plus or a minus, but more of a... Let's recount the beautiful things that Mandy does. Um, there was a point in this episode where, uh, I, I've got to make sure I get them straight, where... Now that was the British one. I know that. Okay. Where, where Trip was uh, saying how... Okay, let me make sure I got this right. Uh, now they got to be trying to like rescue them, get themselves rescued, and it's not the time to be planning a wedding or anything. And then Malcolm's like... Um, that was definitely Malcolm. 
Are you sure? Yes, Malcolm was the one who said, what am I supposed to be doing planning my wedding? Oh, okay. But but it was still... But, but uh, Trip was still saying we gotta, like, you know, res- get ourselves rescued. Trip was the one who was trying to be all... We don't have to reset the clock. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, then somehow the question arose, like, well, who would the bride be? And that was when Ruby well, because, came up. Yeah, Ruby but, came up because Trip was saying maybe we should be planning my wedding. Yeah, but uh, Mandy immediately reaches for the remote, pauses it, and points out exactly who she thought the bride should be. I mean, yeah. Who else is it going to be? They're alone as far as they know. Well, you would want them to be together even if they weren't alone. Probably. Yeah. I guess getting keeping the characters straight isn't exactly what we're doing keeping here. Keeping the characters straight. Yeah, yeah. We're not keeping the characters straight. Apparently not. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, um, we're giving this episode the respect it deserves. Yep. Can we move on to the minuses? <laughs> uh, do you have any more neutrals? Because I see a lot of things. Uh, on your list. I guess we've already talked about most of this. Yeah. Why are you looking over my shoulder? You're... Pat mm. is right there. It's oh. a foot away from me. Okay. Anyway, yeah, minuses. Um, uh, I guess I'll start. Sure. Um, I have this underlined three times in my notes. Stop being little bitches. <laughs> yes. Just, I didn't like them during this episode, and I should have liked them during this episode, and I didn't, and I'm annoyed that I didn't. They were not being likable characters. No, they were being little bitches. Fair. Um, that stupid dream. Oh, no. No, no, no. Like... So, I I love that Malcolm Reed apparently has uh, teen romance sex dreams. I I don't know enough about your teen romance. Uh, My teen romance? I don't know. I think you know enough about teen romance to see that that was definitely a teen romance sex dream. Like... Instead of actually kissing and getting down to business, they, like, kept drifting closer and closer to each other and talking into each other's faces the entire time. About, like, being Mr. Stinky. Yeah, what was that? (sighs) And then before that, they talked about each other's names. T'Pol, do you mind if I call you T'Pol? Do you mind if I call you Malcolm? I've never really liked the name Malcolm, and I was just like, shut up! Please shut up! Shut up and either kiss or stop dreaming. One of those two things. It was bad. Also, why were they talking about calling him Stinky? I don't know. I did like the moment when he woke up from the dream. And Tucker, just as a throwaway, was like, who's Stinky? Yeah. You were talking in your sleep about somebody named Stinky. Yeah. (laughs) That scene was funny, not for the reasons they intended. What you said. Also, like, come on, don't do that to to Paul and Jolene Blaylock. Like, no. 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 Make it stop. Yeah. Your turn. My turn again? Okay. Um, the editing, especially at the beginning, was really weird and choppy. Like, there was a sequence in one of the scenes that I actually didn't mind where they kept cutting back and forth between a wider shot of the shuttle pod and a weird little interview-style close-up of Reed, and I kept being like, am I still watching the same episode? Like, how does that shot fit with that other shot? And in general, the whole episode felt a little bit 
thrown together from an editing perspective. Well, I it mean, got better as it went on. It was one of the very few things that got better as it went on, but it was definitely there. You got to keep the uh, the budget under fourteen twenty five. I guess so. Editing counts. Yep. Oh. Yeah. What else you got? Put it out there. My brief but memorable service with Starfleet. So wait, wait. So Malcolm <laughs> Reed is a Starfleet lieutenant. <laughs> and he's had a brief service with Starfleet. Like, I, I assume he that he had... Brief? Harry Kim was an ensign for <laughs> more than seven years. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's I, true. Oh you, my God. you got to be a lieutenant in a brief? Uh, what? I just realized Harry Kim was an ensign for seven years. At one point in an early episode, they said that, uh, I think, I don't remember if it was Archer has served with Tucker for eight years or Tucker's been in Starfleet for eight years. But either way, Tucker's become a commander in about the same time amount of time that it took Harry Kim to remain an ensign. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. It's still not a Voyager podcast, but no. sometimes it's worth sometimes it's worthy of comparison. And really, can... one of these episodes we're gonna come up short on the recording time where we're gonna talk about another podcast that actually is a Voyager podcast. Or we might just keep saying that we're going to talk about it and never actually do, and then it'll become a running joke. It could be, yeah. But they're also our arch nemesis, I think. Are they? I don't know, they're writing it's our coattails. One sided arch nemesis relationship. Aren't they all? I yeah, I guess they tend to be, so yep. that sort of makes sense. Um, anyway. My minus list is actually not that long. Like, you already took I'll keep going. sex dream, <laughs> but most of my minuses fall under the category of stop being little bitches. Okay. Which I already said, so continue. Um, I'm, I, I immediately started writing down, why are you lighting a candle when you're trying to conserve oxygen? It's they, acknowledge, the they acknowledged it on the episode. And it's yes, for the it was for the romance because you really want those two to like. It's for their wedding night. Yes. <sighs> and also. Look, they're on the shuttle having sex dreams and getting drunk. Something's gonna happen sooner or later and they gotta stay warm. You gotta snuggle up close. Is Trip gonna get pregnant again? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I have something to tell you about human reproduction and it's going to make you sad. <laughs> <laughs> ah, then um then there's when trip was like i won't blow up our only engine because i'm an engineer and i'm like what no for an episode that was this goofy you got an awful lot of nitpicks that was just dumb <laughs> i mean yeah like that was just manufactured conflict it was clearly no reason it was clearly the thing that they should do at that point yes and he clearly understood that too Yes. But they needed to give him one more line to pat out the running time. Oh, this was an episode that could have done with a B-plot. Yep. It did not have one. Uh, finally, if you want to go see a good, uh, a, good a good work of art about people in a small confined space being unsure whether they will ever, you know, live to see Earth again, go watch Apollo 13. It's way better. Apollo 13 is also an Oscar-winning movie. Yes. You're comparing, like, you're basically comparing champagne to box wine here. Both of them are about running out of oxygen inside of a small capsule. Yeah, but that's where the similarities end. I'm doing it anyway. Doesn't that one also star, like, 
Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks, yes. And probably some other famous people. Well, um, whatever. Connor Trenier. And didn't and, it cost uh, more than fourteen ninety five? Yeah, well. They, I'm just saying, they had a lot more to work with. Fine, fine. Go and defend this episode. I'm just saying. Go ahead. You can, you can defend it all day long. I don't think it was a very good episode. I'm just saying, you got you got to be fair with your comparisons here. Do I though? <sighs> Probably not. There you go. I don't make this the is rules. our podcast. <sighs> I will be long suffering. Do you have anything else? No. All right, then by the rules that we have made, and I don't know how we're going to do this. Oh, jeez. We're going to have to crown someone with the Kirk Award. We sure do. In case you don't know what we're talking about, every show we bestow the James Tiberius Kirk Award on the character who spends the episode keeping the Star Trek legacy alive by doing the best William Shatner impersonation. Who do we give this to this week? I don't. I kind of wanted to give it to Captain Archer just on general principle. I don't know. He was in the episode for about two minutes, but... But I... Man, did he seem relatively professional and captain <laughs> That's a very low bar. I was thinking of maybe giving it to Malcolm Reed's image of himself. Interesting. Like, he, he is the irresistible hero that, uh, that woos the Vulcan women and rescues Trip Tucker through acts of heroism. So what you're saying is it goes to Mirror Universe Malcolm Reed. I'm saying it goes to Malcolm Reed's dream self. Because no actual character that exists has earned it for this episode. It goes to dream Malcolm Reed, who also spends most of his existence in the episode getting ready to make out with a hot girl. Yeah. Okay, that's 100% fair. Are we doing that? I think we are. All right. All right. So the Kirk Award for this episode goes to Dream Malcolm Reed. Not real (laughs) Malcolm Reed. Dream Malcolm Reed. Congratulations, Dream Malcolm Reed. This is the achievement of your hopefully brief existence. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. At Um, least there's a dog in some episodes. In some episodes, there's a dog. Maybe there will be a dog in the next one. Maybe there I'm, will be. I'm imagining that like the non-existent B-plot of this episode is that Mayweather is off in a corridor somewhere playing fetch with Porthos. I like that a lot. And they're having lot. a grand old time. Yeah. We can dream that. that. That's what we should all dream about. Everyone, your assignment for tonight, go dream that episode. Go dream that episode. Fetch with Porthos. And poor, sweetly grinning Travis Mayweather. Hey, he gets to play with Porthos. That's pretty... That's that's pretty fun. In our dreams. Yep. Is that it? That's it. <laughs> Okie dokie. Thank you for listening. As always, if you did enjoy this, please tell all your friends and family to join the crew. If you re- are really enjoying this, please consider leaving us a rating or review or even signing up for a subscription on the podcast platform of your choice. And if you would like to tell us how we have brightened your day, shoot us an email at at least there's a dog at gmail.com. If you're watching along with us, your next assignment is the episode Fusion. Take care of yourselves, and until next time, remember to go wherever your heart will take you. Bye. Bye. Bum. Bye.